Welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. What's up, girlfriends? I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode. I hope you're having a spectacular day. I am pumped. (laughs) (laughs) to chat with you about our second to last self-doubt series episode, which is all about not knowing how. So just in case you missed the first two episodes in the series, they were all about mistakes and overthinking, and they are, of course, linked below for you there in the show notes. Um, So that said, again, I am super excited to chat with you about today's topic of not knowing how. Because this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with. So as you know, if you've been listening to this self-doubt series, I put up a poll on Instagram asking what you wanted to hear on the podcast because I love your feedback. I love that we get to be in this together. And so many of you were like, oh my gosh, like self-doubt, yes, let's talk about this. And specifically, self-doubt was being triggered by a couple of different things. And not knowing how was one of them. It is something that we as ambitious women struggle with. And I think we struggle with it because it's not normalized (laughs) in our society to be like, oh, hell yeah, I don't know how to do this. Like, let's freaking go. Let's figure this out. Like, woo, right? (laughs) That was so nerdy of me, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, I only literally know one person on this entire planet who would have a reaction like that, who would actually say something like that. Normally, when it comes to not knowing how most people, including myself and maybe you too, we get a little sweaty. (laughs) We get a little sweaty and panicky and we feel really stupid and we ultimately doubt that we are the person who can do whatever it is, right? Because we are super, super out of our comfort zone. And I think that we as humans, we don't like not knowing how for a lot of reasons, (laughs) but for me and maybe for you too, not knowing how makes me feel extremely vulnerable and exposed. Like, I'm just like hanging out there like, I don't know, right? (laughs) So it makes me feel super vulnerable and exposed. It makes me feel like there's something wrong with me because we live in a very much so like answer-seeking, you know, you have your ish all figured out kind of society, right? And it also makes me feel like I'm a fraud, right? It also makes me feel like I just, I can't admit that I don't know how or that I don't know I, I don't know the answer, right? Because that would make me somehow again stupid or like less qualified and then therefore like super open for judgment from other people, right? I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down here, <laughs> but if you do, um slide into my DMs on Instagram. You can find me at Dr. Maggie Marie. I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic and what not knowing how feels like for you. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think there's so many reasons why we don't like to admit that we don't know how, right? Um, a lot of time I think that we go down this path of getting extremely frustrated as well at not knowing how, because like we said earlier, 
um, you know, not knowing how or not having the answer has this bad connotation in our society. I know that for me, when somebody comes up to me and asks a question and I can't answer it, I immediately like get really hot and start sweating. And, and, and I feel this like immense wave of shame kind of come over me. Like, gosh dang it, I can't believe you don't know. Like you should know this answer, right? And because I don't know, <laughs> right, the answer, or I don't know how to do something that someone asks me, I go to this place of feeling kind of lesser, right? And I don't know if you connect to that or not, but objectively, I know none of that's the case, right? I know that I'm not stupid. I know that I'm not lesser. Objectively, I know that. But again, I think that sometimes I go to that place and maybe you go to that place too because our society, ugh, like it's just, it's not kind when it comes to situations where people don't know the answer or they don't know how to do something, right? And tying this all back together <laughs> into the self-doubt series here, all of that can then trigger this sense of self-doubt because we live in this world where we quote-unquote should know how and we quote-unquote should have the answers, right? But that's not always the case, right? The dirty little secret, <laughs> I am I am coming to find out like the older that I get, you know, and, and have these really um, amazing, vulnerable, interesting, important conversations with women and just people in life, the, the dirty little secret is that nobody knows how to do a lot of stuff at first, right? That's the secret. A bunch of people, we're all just walking around, <laughs> kind of all freaking out, trying to make everybody else think that we know what we're doing at, or that we think we have all the answers or we think we know how, but we don't always know, right? Um, that's the dirty little secret. <laughs> and like, just think about that for a second, right? Just think about that. And I, I came up with a couple examples that I that I wrote down where there are situations in life where you literally aren't going to know how or you're not going to have the answers until you've actually gone through it, right? So here's an example. So no woman is going to know how to give birth, like to have a baby, <laughs> until she actually does it herself for the first time, Right? Theoretically, nobody knows how to drive until they actually get behind the wheel and they do it for the first time. Like, yes, I know there's driver's ed, but there's a big, 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 big difference <laughs> between like learning about it in theory and in a textbook and then actually doing it, actually applying it, right? The same goes for cooking and painting and running and podcasting and writing a book. Like there are so many different things that we don't know how to do until we've actually done it for the first time till we've actually gone through it ourselves, right? And like I said before, all of the, the theory and the research does help, right? We can read books, we can have conversations, like all that stuff helps, but I don't care who you are <laughs> or how much research you've done on certain topics and certain, um, certain things, you, me, and the woman next to you, we are never ever going to know what it's like or how, how it feels or what to do in a lot of cases, until we've actually gotten our hands dirty, gotten into the trenches, and done the thing, right? And to really, really put all of this stuff <laughs> that we've been talking about here into perspective, I want to share a super brief um, example from my life, right? So if you listen to the podcast or you follow me on social media, you know that I am a teacher. I used to be a college professor. I taught at the college level and I studied teaching <laughs> um, for like 11 years, right? 
And today, I know for a fact that I am a really, really good teacher. I'm a fantastic educator, right? But I also had a day one, right? <laughs> I also had a square one that I had to start from, right? And so 11 years ago, um, you know, it'll be 11 years this summer, <laughs> right? Um, in August of 2023, I had never taught before, ever, ever, right? I never taught at Sunday school. I never, you know, taught a lesson. I didn't know anything about teaching, right? Of course, I had excellent grades from undergrad. Um, You know, I had a a personality and commitment to integrity um, that was, you know, that would lend itself really well to being a teacher, right? I also had a lot of content knowledge that would make me a great English teacher, right? Like all that kind of stuff, right? And theoretically, you know, on paper, I had the potential to be a good teacher, but that's all I had, right? I actually didn't have any real teaching experience and I didn't know how to teach until I actually did it, right? Of course, in my master's, um, that's that's where I first started teaching for the very first time. We had this teaching orientation and then fun fact, that is also where I met my husband. <laughs> um, but there was this teaching orientation, so I feel like I'm all over the place right now, but let's like take a step back. So I applied it to my master's program, right? Like 11 years ago um, this summer and checked the box that said I wanted to be um, to be a teacher. I was evaluated. They said, yes, you can be a teacher. And then bing, bang, boom, I was in a teaching orientation and I had like a three day, <laughs> you know, eight hour um, seminar style type thing that became an introduction into teaching, right? And so all of the the theory I had gotten and some of these like tactical activities I had were awesome, were super, super great, right? And some people were like, oh yeah, yeah, like these are the activities that you have to do because this is what it's gonna be like in the classroom, right? And I didn't actually figure out (laughs) that some of those things would work or would not work until I actually got into that classroom and started to teach the, the kids that I had, right? So my point is that we learn how through doing, through making mistakes, through being messy, through taking risks. It's that firsthand experience that will help us go from, oh my God, I have no freaking clue, to extremely experienced, to even to these new heights of expert level, right? Like, there is no way around it, girlfriend. Trust me. (laughs) Nobody hates not knowing how to do something more than me. I hate not knowing. But the how comes with trial and error and firsthand experience. We could be here for so long (laughs) today. I could tell you so many stories of how, you know, theoretically something that I thought would work in my classroom um, and would be great for the, for the students I would had didn't end up working, right? I will never, ever forget this. Like one of the things I was told in that three-day teaching orientation was like, okay, always, you know, have, do think, pair, share, do group work, and then like have each group report, like just asking questions after you have read something and just kind of having an open conversation is not going to work with these students. And I remember one day I was just like, screw it, like I want to try it. And it actually worked out really well, right? So like my point is that, you know, theory is going to be different than practice. I've said that before on the podcast and I will say it to the day that I leave this earth, (laughs) theory is so much different than practice, right? And we're never ever going to know how to do something or to know if it works, right? Until 
we've actually tried it. People are going to give you their opinions all day long. People are going to say this is going to work. It's not going to work. It's this. It's that. It's whatever. But you're never going to know until you try. Until you get your hands dirty. Until you try the thing and see if it actually works for you. Right? And just, oh my gosh, I'm just like off script and all over the place right now. But I just... To, to wrap up this part of the episode, I just, because I have some other things I want to talk about, but I think that we live in this world where it might seem like everybody has all the answers and all the know-how and that there are certain rules or certain things we have to do to, to do the things we want to do, right? But mostly, we are all just figuring it out <laughs> all on the fly through trial and error and it's not sexy, sometimes it's not fun. But that's how we gain experience and that's how we gain the know-how. It's through the doing, right? So all of that said, (laughs) I do actually have a couple of tactical things here I want to share with you that have helped me over the years when I don't know how. If you are anything like me, you're always on the lookout for a good book to read, especially in the summertime when you're laying around at the beach or the pool or you're sitting on your porch at the end of a day with some tea or a glass of wine. Because I think of us as girlfriends on this podcast, I've got to give you a book recommendation. It's called The Hearts We Keep by Haley McMillan. It was published by PWH Publishing, which is my company, and I can promise you, as a lifelong lover of stories, this book is well worth it. It's a young adult book with adult themes featuring a high school senior named Annie who lives in rural Minnesota and she is trying to find love and she's trying to find herself in the midst of a whole lot of drama (laughs) and small town secrets. So if you like suspense and romance and plot twists, heartbreak and heartwarming stuff, you are going to love this book. And to just give you a little taste of what it's about, I'm actually going to read you the prologue. So here it goes. I come from a long line of nice people. You know, the kind of people that are well regarded in the community for not being too loud or problematic or contrary. We are on time to work, we mow our lawns, and we make pleasant conversation in the grocery store. We make sure our children are seen and not heard. We value simple pleasures like coffee on the front porch, a good nap, and a well-tended garden. The truth is, I was blessed with the best possible start in life. It was simple, ordinary, and good. But this story isn't about that. It's about what happened next. It's the reason I'm 18 years old and absolutely sure that I'll never be more than half a person again. So my friend, that is the prologue to Haley's book. It's how she frames the entire story And I promise you that when I read that prologue for the first time, I was hooked. (laughs) Hook, line, sinker, hooked. Because this type of narration um, technique really does pull a reader in and it keeps them turning pages and pages and pages, oftentimes way longer like after than they're supposed to go to bed. (laughs) Um, Just because it's that good. So if you are interested in checking out Haley's book, The Hearts We Keep, head to Amazon. You can type in the title and her name in the general search bar or you could click the link in the show notes. So uh, yeah, (laughs) without further ado, let's dive back into today's episode. Number one, Own the not knowing how. So I am a huge proponent (laughs) of throwing away the idea or even the narrative that we have to fake it until we make it, right? Or to pretend that we know something when we don't. 
toss that ish out the window, <laughs> put a for sale sign on it because we don't need that crap, right? Those ideas, those personas um, don't help us, right? Not knowing how or not having the answer is not a crime. And pretending that we do know can actually create more self-doubt, right? So if we can choose to be bold and brave and own the not knowing, we can come at not knowing then from a more empowering position. We're not trying to hide. We're not trying to create this like distraction or this illusion that we've got all our stuff together, (laughs) right? Because that can be really exhausting. So we put ourselves into an empowering position when we own not knowing how or not knowing the answers. And then we're able to also, when we do that, we can push back against the societal norm that it's quote-unquote bad to not know the answer or to not know how. And I can promise you, whenever I have owned not knowing how to do something or not knowing the answer, I feel so much better in the long run. Again, because pretending otherwise is a lie and that's exhausting and it feels icky, right? So let's just, you and me, draw a line in the sand right now, (laughs) put a for sale sign on fake it till you make it or pretend to know when you don't and just get rid of it, right? Just like, you know, get rid of it, (laughs) right? Um, Own it, own the not knowing because once you own it, you can then take some more tactical steps to actually like getting the answers and figuring out how to do something. And that brings me to number two, which is invest. So one of the things that we can do when we don't know how or we don't have the answers is to invest in resources that'll teach us the how, that huge component (laughs) that often lends itself to inaction for us, right? Where we have a goal, we have a dream, and we're like, oh, don't know how to do that. Slam on the brakes. Okay, we're done, right? Like investing either our time or our money or both can really help fill in the gaps in our knowledge and our know-how that we just don't have and that we need to move forward, right? So for example, I've got two examples here for you. When I decided that I wanted to start a podcast, I paid for a course, right? I did. I invested money and then also time, right? Because I had to learn the stuff, (laughs) but predominantly money to figure out the tech side of podcasting. I knew that the content creation would be the fun and honestly easy part for me. (laughs) I am an idea generating machine, but the tech side really freaked me out (laughs) and made me very, very anxious. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do any of that, right? I had no idea how to register the podcast on Apple or what equipment to buy or how to edit a podcast, how to use GarageBand, (laughs) how to even set up the equipment to record, right? All of that gave me major, major anxiety. So I invested the money to into a course to help me to figure out the how, right? And that was invaluable for me. And then similarly, um, well, not really similarly. I don't know why I said that. But another example, <laughs> um, when I decided that I wanted to start my publishing company, um, I had done some networking and I met a woman who was a very, very good friend who knew somebody who had a small boutique publishing company. And she was like, hey, do you want me to introduce you? I was like, hell yeah, I want you to introduce me. Because <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get my publishing company off the ground, right? So I met somebody <laughs> and I learned from this woman. She became my mentor, right? And now we're partners um, on a lot of different things that we do for her publishing company. And we have dreams and goals and stuff for like super far future that um, are really, really cool, right? But my point is that I learned from a mentor. So I exchanged my labor and my time 
for advice and the opportunity to witness how this small boutique publishing company conducted business, right? So I learned how to do some things, especially when it came to like formatting, (laughs) um, and stuff like that, and just tons of other stuff, right? But I learned how to do the formatting, which was one of the things that was very, very challenging um, for me when I released my my own book, right? I also learned um, from working with this uh, this mentor that there were some things that she did in her business that I was like, oh, that's cool. That's how that works. But I think I want to do it differently, right? So it was this really cool, amazing, empowering moment for me where investing my time and my labor and my energy into her business gave me lots of experience and it gave me lots of knowledge and it helped me get clearer on the how I wanted to do certain parts of my publishing company, right? Um, So my point here is that with these two examples that I've shared with you is that investing our time or money or both into courses or mentors or programs or other resources is 1000% worth it, (laughs) right? Because we don't have to figure out the how or get all the answers by ourselves, right? Investing time, money, or both is one of the best things that we can do for ourselves when we're lacking the the knowledge and the answers and the know-how, right? Invest, invest, invest. I cannot <laughs> stress that enough. And last but not least, we've got number three, jump in the deep end. <laughs> because sometimes we don't have the money to invest, right? Like, let's just be honest. Sometimes we don't have the the money, you know? And it's not a money mindset issue. It's not a scarcity mindset issue. Sometimes we just don't have the funds. It's kind of one of those difficult things about life sometimes, right? So, you know, we just have to jump straight into the deep end (laughs) with good old-fashioned trial and error, right? Um, Other times, too, it's not about money. It's about just really wanting to figure something out ourselves, right? Or there might not be a mentor available or we might not find the exact resources that we want um, to help us pave the way, right? So we just cannonball into the deep end (laughs) and we literally figure out how to do things as we go. It's one of those things where you're building the plane as you're trying to fly it, right? (laughs) And that can be one of the scariest, but honestly, also one of the most long-term rewarding ways to figure out how to do something or how to get the answers, right? Because it's all experiential learning. You don't have anybody supporting you through advice or offering their opinion or being kind of like the safety guardrails as you're trying to figure it out. You're just acting and taking mental notes and pivoting as you go, right? And some examples that are coming to my head right now (laughs) are um, a lot of teaching examples, honestly. So Way back in grad school when I was teaching, oh gosh, I think it was in 2016 in my PhD program, we had a lot of creative freedom. So there were certain genres of writing that we had to teach and whatnot, but the theme for the class um, could be up to us, right? And so I designed this sort of dystopian theme and used dystopian literature as a lens to do all of this um these different writing assignments and different writing genres, right? And I had to jump into the deep end because I didn't find anything out there, any other syllabi or assignments that were framed 
the way that I wanted to use it, right? So I had to jump in the deep end. I had to go first. I had to trial and error and figure out, you know, how to make these assignments. And I used that dystopian theme at um, in, in different classes and at different universities, each time honing it and making it better. And that was like the ability to ameliorate those assignment sheets and everything like that um, came from that experiential learning. Sometimes you just have to jump into that deep end to figure out how to do something, right? And you're not going to know if it's going to work or how it's going to work until you've actually tried, right? And then the other example that's coming to mind is um, at my old job as a university professor. So after I had my PhD, it was the fall of 2020 and my university back then, um, cause obviously it was in like the, the thick of the pandemic, right? And we were in person and there was another professor, um, who's on the tenure line who quit the day before the semester started <laughs> and he left a American, an early American literature class there right? Um, That wasn't filled. And so I got a phone call at like four o'clock on Sunday. The semester started the next morning on Monday morning and the class was at 9 a.m. And the woman was like, um, (laughs) she was like, hey, so do you want to teach this class? And I was like, oh oh my God, (laughs) you know? And so I had to quickly, you know, pull together a, a class, right? And Technically, the class was out of the purview of the literature that I wrote my dissertation on, Um, but I figured it out, right? I figured it out by jumping straight into the deep end, and I figured out how to teach American literature, like early American literature, as I was teaching early American literature. (laughs) So like picking books and sequencing out the class and sequencing out the assignments, creating discussion questions like literally as the class was unfolding took it day by day class by class like honestly sometimes minute by minute (laughs) but you know here we are right so my point is that when money isn't available for us to invest or we can't find the exact resources that we need to do something right a good old-fashioned cannonball into the deep end is the best thing that we can do. Sometimes it's the only thing (laughs) that we can do, right? Because sometimes the way life works, we can't be all planned and prepared and everything can't be all perfect all the time, right? So sometimes we do have to run before we can walk. Sometimes we have to figure out how or to get the answers, you know, by going first, right? Sometimes we have to be the one to go first and to figure it out. And that process is scary as hell and it's messy. But when we do that, This beautiful thing happens where we prove to ourselves how truly capable that we are. So to officially close out today's episode, I just want to say that I see you and I feel you, girl. (laughs) And I understand why you might be doubting yourself right now. Because not knowing how is truly terrifying. (laughs) And it feels like a reason to quit or not even to start at all, right? Like I know those feelings. (laughs) I know. But I also am here to remind you that not knowing how is not a crime. Not having the answer is not a crime. It doesn't make you any lesser if you don't know. Because at the end of the day, we have got to choose to root ourselves deep in the belief that we can figure it out. Whether that's in investing our time or our money or both in resources or just, you know, (laughs) throwing caution to the wind and cannonballing into the deep end. 
It is possible to figure things out. You might not know today, but not knowing how or not having the answers is a temporary state of being. By taking some sort of action, whether it's in investing or cannonballing, you will figure out the how and you will get the answers and it will be magical. It will be magical and worth it because you are magical and worth it. Everything, to quote Marie Forleo, <laughs> is figure outable. Everything is figure outable right? I love you, my friend. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if you loved this episode, please take a screenshot of it and throw it into your Instagram stories and tag me at Marie. I hope you have a spectacular rest of your day and we will chat again soon. 